Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you so much for listening into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode. I haven't had an episode like this yet, which is shocking to me. It's very important. So I'm glad we're doing it now. And I think the timing is very good with the holidays coming up, the new year coming up, and a lot of people have fitness goals, nutrition goals, health goals. So that's all about what we're talking about today. And we're joined by a special guest for this. So today we're joined by Esther Avant. Did I see your last name right? Avant. 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 Um, I mispronounced it when I started dating the family too. Okay. (laughs) Avant. Um, Esther is a certified sports nutritionist, a nutrition coach and personal trainer and owner of EA coaching. She has a degree in exercise science 15 years of hands-on experience in the fitness and wellness industry. And she specializes in helping women lose weight for the last time without sacrificing their quality of life or health. I love that. I love that focus too on working with women. That's definitely what I do in my goal as well when it comes to the wealth side of things. So that's very important for me. Um, So just to get started, Esther, can you share a little bit about yourself and maybe what brought you to do the work you're doing? Yeah, great question. So I kind of fell into this field gradually when I was in high school and trying to, you know, pick a future, I had really gotten into exercising. And I was like, well, if I can get paid to do that all day, let's do that. So that's kind of what led to my degree. I started personal training in college. And then it was like, kind of each step of my career made me realize how little I knew and how much more I needed to learn to really help my clients to the best of my ability. So, you know, I started off, I had this exercise background and I realized just how important the nutrition piece was. And then once I had a good handle on both of those, I realized how important psychology and behavior change was to actually be able to take that information and help someone change their lives with it. So that's kind of what I consider the trifecta is the exercise, the nutrition, the, you know, sort of mindset work. And that's, uh, that's what led me to I guess ultimately this, this business that I own when I met my husband was when I first sort of started entertaining the idea of owning my own business. He's in the military and I'd been previously working, you know, for other people in gyms and various locations. And I was like, every time we move for his job, I don't want to be starting over. So why don't I just do it on my own? And that over time has evolved into what EA coaching is now with an entire team of coaches working with our clients and a variety of coaching options, which just blows my mind how, um, how much it's grown in the last few years. 
Yes. I love that. Yeah. Being that, yeah, we're virtual. You can do it from anywhere. That's fabulous. And to be able to kind of assist people from anywhere is wonderful. Um, I love that too, about that holistic approach, like bringing together the different pieces. Cause we often kind of take it as a, you know, one thing it's like, okay, I'm going to commit to exercising. Okay. I'm going to commit to changing, you know, my nutrition or, or my diet or, and so bringing that all together. And even the mindset piece, like you said, is so important, I think. Um, so it is that holistic view of things. It's not just kind of focusing, ultra focusing on one thing. It sounds like, which, um, I think is great and important. And that's probably part of that, that maintenance piece. That's really in, important. And in, in, in the messaging of what you do of that ongoing and, um, keeping that quality of life. So, Again, I love this for the new year topic. Um, it's often the time. So like over the holidays, maybe people kind of feel like they get off track and just sort of indulge in all sorts of things. And then come January, it's like this reset point. And um, oftentimes it's people are ready to go with, you know, fitness goals and what they want to accomplish um, with weight goals or things like that. Can you tell us maybe some of the biggest struggles you see, especially in regards to that, like that consistency, that maintenance, um, cause we're kind of coming up to that period where it does really, I think resonate with people and, and it's a big part of like, yeah, people's new year's resolutions and goals and things like that. Yeah. There were a few things that came up. I actually did a, an event in November for my community about the biggest challenges of the holiday season and asked my audience prior to that, you know, what, what do you struggle with? And there were a couple of kind of overarching themes that came up. One was learning how to strike a balance where a lot of women and where kind of yo-yo dieting and, and weight comes from is feeling like the two options are either you say no to everything that you enjoy and that tastes good. And, you know, right now that would mean no cookies, no alcohol, no fun cocktails, none of that stuff, or you eat and drink all of it until, you know, until you get so disgusted by yourself and then you swear off it. And that most of us kind of have that pendulum swinging back and forth. So one of the biggest struggles that came up is finding balance between those two things where you are able to indulge in the things that you really enjoy without going so far overboard that you're making yourself miserable. So that was one of the biggest things. Um, another was um, communication and being able to convey boundaries to people around you, just kind of being out of routine in general and not necessarily feeling comfortable saying to your house guests, you know, make yourself breakfast. I'm going to do my workout. Or when you're staying with a family member, oh, don't, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to excuse myself for a little bit. I'm going to go for a walk or whatever it is, just kind of letting, going with the flow a little bit too much and not kind of putting your foot down and saying, Hey, you know what, this is what I need to, to feel my best. So I'm going to speak my piece and just kind of tell the people around me, this is, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I need help with. Even though those same people are the ones who love you more than anything. And of course, want you to be happy and do what you need to do to be healthy and, and all of that. So that was another one. And then just kind of general consistency is tough being thrown out of routine, whether it's because you're traveling or on vacation, or you have people staying with you, just the kids are home. It's hard to keep doing the things when 
they're disrupted in some way. So figuring out how can I create some routine and some normalcy, even in the midst of kind of what feels like chaos. So can you anchor yourself to a couple of familiar things each day? Can you eat a normal breakfast or can you get up and go for a walk or do some form of, of light movement just to kind of set your intention for the day, start the day off on the right foot and kind of help you stay focused on your goals throughout it. Some of those simple things can make a huge difference. And then I think the final thing is we kind of let the holiday season all just kind of get jumbled together. Basically everything from like Halloween through New Year's kind of gets thrown into the holidays. When in reality, and we actually did a planning event about this in, in my client community, actually sitting down with your calendar and mapping out how many special or unusual days do I have in this period of time? Because those as like isolated meals or days are really pretty insignificant. It's the fact that we let the day before Thanksgiving through the end of the week become one kind of big eating fest, or we let everything from mid-December through New Year's become eating and drinking, eating and drinking centric, as opposed to saying, okay, cool. I'm going to indulge on those actually genuinely special meals. And the rest of the time, I'm just going to be normal. Would would make so many of us so much more successful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Those are great reminders. And, um, yeah, I like the idea too, of the boundary one and I just never even dawned on me, but you're right. When you're in kind of environments that you're not used to, you just sort of think that it's, yeah, you kind of just mold into their routines or, or do what you do or do less and just, yeah, saying, Hey, you know, normally I go for a walk. Normally I do my exercise. So I'm going to go do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it's almost just, we're thrown off course a little bit. So I love that, exactly. one, that reminder of boundaries. Um, that's a really good one for people. Um, what about for those of us who feel like the topics of weight loss, nutrition, um, are overwhelming or confusing. There's just, there's so much information out there and information is great, but I feel like sometimes it's conflicting and then, you know, you get all sort of your head is spiraling of, okay, which is which, and what should I follow? And, um, and then, yeah, you might just be like, nah, no, I don't even know. So I'm just not even going to bother. So what are your thoughts, um, or advice for that, for people that feel that overwhelmingness confusion when it comes to these topics? You're so right. And that's something I hear so often is, you know, a genuine desire to learn and to do better. And then there's just so much information. Like you said, a lot of it conflicting that the last thing you want to do is get started with the wrong thing. So you almost feel like, well, until I know what the right thing is to do, I shouldn't do anything. I should just keep researching. And then you find yourself just kind of spinning your wheels month after month, not doing anything. So one piece of advice I would give is to, you know, potentially limit your exposure to all of that noise, because with social media and with, you know, search engines, you can have trillions of, you know, pieces of information at your fingertips within seconds. And if that's what you've been doing and you're feeling overwhelmed, just block all of that out and kind of ask yourself what do I know to be true? What, what changes do I know that I could make to my lifestyle right now that would be a step in the right direction? And usually when you're not distracted by all that stuff, you do have a pretty good idea. Most of us know I could probably be eating some more fruits and veggies. I could probably eat fewer things that are totally processed and packaged and, you know, calorie dense, but nutrient void. Um, I could probably drink more water. 
I could walk more. I could sleep better. The basics like that are the majority of where results come from. So I always suggest start with kind of the low hanging fruit first, wherever you feel like you personally can wrap your head around making a change. If that's getting a simple step counter and seeing, okay, right now I walk 2000 steps a day. This next week, I'm going to work on getting to 3000. Whatever you do in the beginning is a great step because what you really want to do is just build some momentum and collect some wins under your belt and start to feel like you are making a little bit of progress and like you're taking action and it's working. So once you've done some of that, some of that really simple stuff, then you've built a little bit of confidence in yourself. You've proven to yourself that you can set a goal and follow through on it. So then it's not that much harder to say, you know what, this feels a little bit like a, a bigger, a bigger undertaking, but I'm confident and I can do it because look at this other stuff I've done. So then maybe you start tackling doing a little bit of meal planning or meal prep. And that in and of itself, I think can be an overwhelming thing because you kind of think, oh, I need all these recipes and I need all this Tupperware and all this time. But I just like to think of it as where do you find yourself struggling during the week? And what could you do in advance to make that part of your life easier? So it could be as simple as every late afternoon, I eat way too many snacks. So, okay, then the on Sunday afternoon, pre-portion your week's worth of snacks and anything that is not in those, you know, individual servings, put it out of sight, hard to reach somewhere that it's not really going to be on your radar. So that when you get snacky at that time, you go into the pantry, you've got your bag, you have built in portion control. You've set yourself up to overcome that recurring obstacle. Maybe it's that you are in such a rush with getting everybody out the door in the morning that breakfast is an afterthought or it's a Starbucks, you know, muffin with your coffee or whatever, but just kind of seeing where is my current routine, you know, kind of at odds with my, my longer term goal. And what could I do in advance to not be struggling with that anymore? That's really all it ever has to be. And it will look different for everybody, but I think really the key is just get out of your own way. Just start somewhere. Don't make it this like grandiose. Okay. Today is the day we change everything, but like, Hey, today's the day I start with a glass of water and I'll do that this week. And next week I'm going to, and I'm going to build on it. Yeah. I love that. And there's so much that rings true with what you say, um, in the health space that goes to like the wealth side of things. And I'm like, that's what I was doing a podcast recording today. And one of my ideas was get out of your own way. And, um, so very similar, which I love, and I can kind of see the similarities, but that idea of, um, yeah, like shutting out the noise, which seems very counterintuitive at first, like what I'm not supposed to be, you know, hearing all this and and seeing the newest, the latest trends and ideas. Um, but you're right. That's going to give us an opportunity to go in inside and go, you know, into ourselves and be like, Hey, I know, like there are those things inside, you know, you're like, I don't drink enough water. Like I can tell this week, you know, it's been a busy week and I haven't been going to grab more water. I'm just go, go, go. Like we, we do know these things. So it's like quieting the noise gives us the opportunity to go inside. Like you said, kind of go internally and check in with ourselves, but yeah, the noise gets us all in a, you know, a fury of, okay, I'm supposed to do this. I should do that. Or I should be doing this, this and that. And then it, it, yeah, it's a, it feels overwhelming. It gets 
you know, a little bit scary. And it's like, I, that's too much. I'll do that later. (laughs) Exactly. And I think you're right. There are so many similarities between health and nutrition, especially and finances. And I think, you know, to, to speak to finances a little bit, it's very similar to somebody who's saying, okay, I want to save X amount of money. I have this big purchase that I want and I need to save money. And then like pulling your hair out over, well, you know, what do I have to cut out and what should I put it in? And like, what do I invest? Should I invest or should I just, and instead of just saying like, let me take a look at my current, like, where's my money currently going and where could I cut some things that I don't really need? Where am I kind of spending frivolously? And why don't I let my first step just be to save that money and see that number growing a little bit. And that's kind of, that's getting the winds under your belt. Then you see, oh, you know what? I'm capable of saving. Now, let me see, would it, would it be helpful to be a little bit more strategic about it? Or, you know, what, what's the next step? But like, just start, just start somewhere, prove to yourself you can do it. And then, you know, your next step will almost kind of like reveal itself for you. Yeah, exactly. Like it's that any action, like you said, is positive. It's going to lead to results. It's momentum. Maybe you see, oh, you know, you're supposed to get 10,000 steps a day or whatever you hear or read. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I only get like a thousand I've been getting on average. Well, I'm not even close. And you're just kind of throw your arms up in the air, but it's like, okay, what if I just, like you said, what if I try to double that number? What if I try? Yeah. And then the following week or the following month, I make a goal or I'm intentional about saying, Hey, I'm going to bring that up even higher. And then it's not that overwhelming, like, Oh, I have to go from 1000 to 10,000 overnight. It's how can I gradually incorporate it where it's realistic? Um, and it's something I can maintain and do because anything's better than nothing, whether you find that you can't get up to that one, that amount you want, but you've doubled, doubled or tripled from where you have come, that's still making a difference. That's, that's progress. Exactly. And I think, you know, I just, I love the, the financial comparisons. Cause that, I feel like it's like saying it wanted to lose, you know, a significant amount of weight is like saying, I want to save you know, $10,000 this year. Sometimes when, you know, of course you want to have that ultimate goal, but if that's all you're focusing on, you're never going to start thinking about what steps are going to get me there. You're just going to keep telling yourself month after month, oh, I need to save 10 grand. Oh, I need to save 10 grand. And it's like, well, but how? And unless you start to break it down and figure out, okay, do I want this to be linear where each month I'm saving the same? If so, that's this much per month, this much per week. Where's that going to come from? you need to break it down into the actual actionable pieces. And a lot of us on, you know, a health front will just focus on wanting to lose a certain amount of weight and kind of get on the scale, right? How I lost it yet. How how come I haven't? And in reality, you need to kind of break that down further into, you know, what does that look like monthly? What does it look like weekly? But then more importantly, what am I going to do to make that happen? It's not going to happen to me because it hasn't happened yet. So what am I willing to change in order for that to become the reality? Yeah. Yeah. And that sometimes, you know, sacrifices have to be made. I was saying that too mm-hmm. in one of my podcasts, it's people build wealth and in doing so they make sacrifices. Like it's not that they just get to, you know, continue as is and everything's grand and they get to go on every vacation and trip and buy everything they want. There's moments where they have to say, Hey, do I want this more or do I want to 
you know, work towards that goal more and, and make those sacrifices. So, um, you know, the, those moments happen and it's, it's more of a, it's a decision of, you know, which do I want more and which is more important to me. So those are going to happen as well. Um, what about when it feels like, like when it comes to dieting and you mentioned kind of yo-yo dieting and what if it feels like, you know, it feels like it's a forever thing. Like if, if, if a woman or a person just feels like, well, I'm only going to be able to achieve that weight or keep it off or do these things. If basically I'm on a diet for the rest of my life. And, and I guess, you know, that's not really a fun feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the information around weight loss is lacking. A lot of programs, a lot of information you'll find is really geared towards losing weight as fast as possible. And it's not geared towards setting you up for successful maintenance. Looking statistically, the overwhelming majority of people who lose weight will regain it. It's a very small minority who keep it off a year or five years, 10 years down the road, which is really kind of a sobering statistic. And I don't say it to be discouraging or make you feel like, well, why, why even bother trying if it's, you know, it's not going to stick, but to try to convey that taking the same approach over and over again is not going to suddenly work this next time. The reason that most people who lose weight have a hard time keeping it off is because the approach that they took to lose it wasn't sustainable or healthy or realistic long-term. And most people are very capable of doing something in the short term. We can all kind of wrap our heads around being committed for 30 days or a few months or things like that. But it's almost like when you have that end date in mind, you're just kind of focusing on that end date of, oh, I can kind of go back to normal after that. And that's where the yo-yo comes from is you make all of these sacrifices for a, a short period of time and you haven't made sustainable habit changes. So you then revert back, right back to what you did and just kind of bounce back and forth. So the key I think is to lose the weight in a way that is preparing you for maintenance because at the end of the day, no matter how long it takes you to lose the weight or how long you've been struggling with the weight, Odds are you have many more years of maintenance ahead of you than you do of weight loss. So the thing to be preparing for is that. And what, what we try to help our clients do is realize that losing doesn't need to feel miserable. It doesn't need to be this giant upheaval. Like you said, of course, there are sacrifices. You are going to have to choose your long-term goal instead of the, the short-term gratification, but when you lose it in a way that you're not eliminating certain foods or food groups, or you're not feeling very restricted, you're not over-exercising, when you're making changes that work with your lifestyle, yes, the day-to-day the -day results may be slower than what you've done in the past, but you're not, gonna, you're not gonna lose it and gain it and lose it and gain it. So ultimately it's a lot faster. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing is if you are doing something that, you feel like you're counting down until you can stop. That's kind of a red flag. And I think sometimes there's some confusion about something being sustainable and something feeling totally effortless. 
Of course, when you're making changes and when you're learning new things, there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be that learning curve where it doesn't feel natural yet. And you would prefer to do it the old way. So you do need to kind of get yourself over that hump and be committed to learning in the process. And that's what we talk to clients a lot about is, is seeing things as tools and as skills and learning experiences to take with them. For example, food tracking. I, I think of it as very similar to a financial budget. You can pull up your bank record and you can see where's my money going with a food log. You can pull that up and see where is my food budget going? Where are my calories being spent? And from there, you can figure out what choices will, you know, be a better way to use your budget, which foods maybe don't make you feel your best, how they all can fit within it. It's a really eye-opening tool but a lot of people use it as a crutch or as a punishment or as busy work. So we really work on what do you need to learn so that the behavior, you know, the the changes that you make day to day stick, even when you aren't using that tool anymore. And I think that's ultimately the most important thing is if you can kind of ingrain those things in your head, if you can identify your macronutrients, if you can see portions and estimate them relatively easily, if you can stop thinking about foods as being good or being bad, you're going to be so much more successful at maintaining, even when you're not, you know, being super focused on not gaining. Yeah. I love all that, that you said, and that, that maintenance and that being then the goal and the important part, not just the number loss. Um, and then the part about the red flag being, yeah, if you're like just counting down the days of like, oh, I can't wait. I only have one more week of, you know, not doing this or having to do that, then, yeah, it's probably there's been a bit too much sacrifice or too much push that you're not going to be able to, it's not a, a maintaining thing. Then it's probably, it's, it's more that you're torturing yourself and we don't exactly. want that. We don't exactly. want that. Um, yeah. What are some then like realistic habits that people can incorporate, you know, now, like right now, I mean, we're in December right now. Um, the holidays are coming. There's lots of, you know, food to be eaten and, and alcohol to be drank and whatnot and, and temptations and things like that. Um, maybe what are some realistic habits that people can incorporate right now that could make, could make a difference or, or help with this, you know, the maintenance and, and whatnot that we talked about. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you're right that this time of year is the advice that I give is a little bit different than I might a different time of year. I think there is a an absolute time and place for things like food tracking and understanding the numbers and kind of the the science of weight loss. I think that's where most people are willing to go in kind of the January frame of mind where you want to kind of make it a priority again. This time of year is more so trying to keep the train on the tracks a little bit and kind of just not go as overboard as maybe you have in the past. So I have two pieces of advice for that. One is learning and practicing mindful eating, which I think is a little bit of a cliche term or even maybe just kind of a vague term. By that, I mean, actually paying attention when you're eating. I think most of us are probably guilty every so often of eating a, you know, quote unquote meal, like standing in front of the open fridge door or over the sink, or just kind of shoving some food into your face, running between thing and and other thing. And when that's how you're eating, you're not enjoying the food at all. You're not tasting it. It's not feeling satisfying. 
So one of the easiest things you can do, especially if you're at a party or something like that, where there's just like food everywhere is when you're eating, really pay attention to what you're eating, how it tastes, how much you're enjoying it, how satisfied you're feeling. Um, it's much easier to do when you're sitting at a table and just implementing very small things like putting your fork down in between bites or looking around at like who is the slowest eater at the table, which is usually the same person who's talking the most and trying to match their pace. Because when you slow down, you're, you're much more likely to tune into when you start to get full instead of just eating until it's gone and being like, oh, that was too much. So things like that, just paying more attention, putting your food on a plate, sitting down to eat it without distractions, not on your phone, not watching TV, making it the focal point is a total game changer. You will really get so much more enjoyment out of your food and you'll probably be satisfied with less than you think. And you, especially with things like desserts that are usually very rich and you may eat to the point of not feeling well. When you're paying attention, you might find that two, three bites is really all you need. And after that, it doesn't taste as good anymore. And that's when you're like, okay, that's enough. So that's one is kind of leaning into that sort of intangible stuff that can make a big difference. And the second one is to go into events or occasions with a plan. I think a lot of times we tell ourselves that we have no idea what to expect from something. Oh, I'm going to so-and-so's house for the first time. I have no idea what food will be there or, you know, what to expect. So it's just kind of a total crapshoot. You may not have been in this exact position before, but you can guess relatively well. There's going to be alcohol. There are going to be some appetizers, desserts, some entrees. Like you can piece together a pretty good guess at what it's going to look like. So kind of visualize yourself in that position and think about what are the very similar to like what I was saying about meal planning, just anticipate what are the things that in similar scenarios have tripped me up before? Is it that the booze is flowing and I just keep saying yes to it? Is it that I always hover around the appetizer table? Start kind of picturing yourself in the, in the moment and thinking, what could I do differently? Could I do something as simple as just giving myself a, a drink limit? Could I tell myself that when, you know, that I will pick two appetizers before we eat. And then, you know, I'll wait until dinner. Basically just pre-commit yourself to the choices that you want to make in the moment. I like to think about our brains as having kind of an operating system, like a computer does. And you make yourself basically like a, an if then statement. So if someone offers me a third glass of wine, then I will say no, thank you and have a water instead. It doesn't really matter what the thing is, but you just don't want to wait until you're in the moment and then try to make, you know, what would be the, the, the choice that's better aligned with your goals. Once you, once you're in the moment, you're probably the easiest thing is going to be to do what you've always done. So you need to have come up with a different plan. And then in the moment, you just need to decide, nope, I already made, made this decision. Don't go back and negotiate on this topic. You've already decided. Um, so it does take a little bit of discipline to then follow through on it. But that's where the visualization really comes through. It's like, you know, close your eyes, picture who's going to be there, what it's going to look like, and picture yourself doing the thing you said you were going to do and how good it feels to make yourself proud and to walk out that evening having done exactly what you said you were going to do. That sort of practice can go a long way so that you're not caught off guard and very much like we were talking about earlier with collecting wins. Once you prove to yourself that you can go into 
a situation like that and behave differently than you have in the past, it just kind of triggers something in you where you're just like, okay, if I did that, if I did it once, I can do it again. And then you can kind of have that momentum going into future events. Absolutely. Very. Yeah. It's empowering. Like once you yeah yes. have that win, it's like, yes, I got this. I can do this. I don't have to like dread the, uh Oh, I'm going to be like exactly. eating everything on the planet and it's just not going to feel good the next day. Um, yes. Empowering is a perfect word. Yeah. And it's, uh, things you said, I'm like, Oh, these make sense. Like putting it on a plate. Cause I'm the one, you know, you're hovering around the table and you're grabbing things here and there. And you're like, how many of these have I eaten? Like, if I would have had on a plate, I'd probably have a better sense of it. But because I haven't, you're like kind of lying to yourself or in denial of how much you've actually been eating, which yeah, it gets a little bit scary. So those are amazing ideas, very relevant for the holidays. I think that's fabulous. Um, and just, yeah, in, for sake of time, um, maybe can we chat a little bit about, um, what does it, what does it entail to work with like a coach like yourself? So your company is EA coaching. What does that mean to work with, um, a a weight loss coach or nutrition coach or. Yeah. Great question. So part of what I think makes EA coaching unique is that we do provide that multifaceted, really comprehensive approach to health and weight loss. And I think that's really the key to success. There's a lot of programs, or if you know, if you work with a personal trainer, you're getting the exercise. If you work with a um, just kind of a nutrition specialist, you're getting that piece of it. If you're working with a, you know, a, a life coach, you're getting the mindset piece of it. But it's rare to find all of it under one roof, and all that is happening, you know, under this one body. So I think it's important to kind of have that one-stop shop where you can talk about all of those things, and your coach isn't going to respond with like, well, that's outside my wheelhouse. I don't know that we can really look at you as a whole person and how everything is so interconnected. So our premier coaching is one-on-one and is really a deep dive into all of those things. We provide the exercise programming, the nutrition protocols, weekly coaching to kind of implement the stuff, go over any of the mindset issues and things like that. We have a curriculum of trainings that go along with it, group coaching calls. And then we have a couple of um, other options that are a group program, which is more focused on the nutrition and exercise basics, which is perfect for someone who maybe is feeling overwhelmed. And it's like, I do this research and then I just spin my wheels and wants like a very clear cut. Let's start here. Let's do this next. These are the, we call them the big rocks. These are the things that matter most master these and you'll be good to go. And then we have a self-guided weight loss mindset mastery course, which is really geared towards the woman who feels like I know what to do. I just, like we were saying earlier, I just can't get out of my own way. I'm sabotaging myself. I'm comparing myself to other people. I feel like I don't believe that I'm ever going to be successful. I have this black and white mentality. So it really dives into the mental component of get your mind right. And then everything else is going to fall into place after that. Okay. I love it. So there's a few different approaches and it's very dependent on the person. So that's great. There's a lot of variety there, depending on what you're looking for, um, what works well for you, if based on your, your life schedule and things like that. Um, so for people to find more about your programs or to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, esther.avant. I assume in your, in your show notes, you'll have the, the yeah. spelling. Um, so I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I run a group, a free group called Live Diet Free that you can probably find. Um, you can also just send me a friend request to Esther Avant. And my website is estheravant.com. 
Perfect. Okay. I'll have all those in the show notes. I love that. Definitely reach out to Esther because that's, there's a lot of things here. I I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. I haven't really given a lot of thought to this in my own life. And this is all really resonating and, and it makes sense. And I love that. I love the whole holistic approach you do as well, which is wonderful. Um, so thank you so much, Esther, for being here today. She had a cold and she still went through with it. She talked with us. She gave us lots of good tips. So I really appreciate that, Esther. Thank you so much um, for all these very great tips that you've shared with us. I know listeners are going to get a lot of a value out of this. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. All right. So thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode and I will catch you on next week's episode. All right. Bye for now. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoy listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.